Father, I just pray that uh, you speak through me today, that it's not my words, but it's the words you've put on my heart, Lord. I pray for open hearts. I pray that uh, those who will be offended, because there will be some, that it's nothing but love. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, today we're going to be speaking out of the book of uh, Ephesians. Uh, For those who don't know Ephesians, Ephesians is a a letter that was written by Paul to the church of Ephesus. Everyone say Ephesus. Everyone say Ephesus. What do you think this was just me talking today? No, this is interactive church today. Since we can't sing, right? I don't know if some of you saw me. I was just speaking loudly during worship. That's all I was doing. (laughs) Uh, I did tell Pastor Dave before, you know, when they said no singing, I was like, what do you mean, bro? I said, I'm singing anyway. I said, Dave, listen, I've been arrested for far less. <laughs> if I'm going to get arrested for something, I might as well get arrested for singing to the Lord and praising Him. Amen? Some of you are like, I, I, amen, I, I think. <laughs> All right. So God put this message on my heart for the youth, and I feel like it's just as relevant today for the church as it was for the youth. So basically the letters from Paul to a church that was... Uh, uh, very rich in Jesus, but they were living like beggars. They weren't living in His true richness. And there was a, a range of different things, but one of them was they were naive. One of them, they were ignorant to the wealth that Jesus had to them, and they were getting caught up in the world a bit as well. So this is exactly where we are. So for those of you who like to take notes, uh, the title of today's sermon is Sit with Christ, Walk by Him, and stand in him, and you can add in brackets, against the enemy. Okay, because if you don't know, now you know there is an enemy. Okay, just in case you thought this was just, uh, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute, but there is. So let's start with sitting in Christ. How do we get to know somebody? That again, church, was a question. You what? You spend time, and how do you spend time? Usually, where do we start? We sit with them. them. Thank you, Ben. You may have been here the first one. (laughs) We sit with them. That's how we get to know them. We grab a coffee. Some of you grab a tea, you know. We sit with them. So I want you to look to the person next to you and say, hello. Now, if you know the person next to you, I want you to think back to when you first met them. How did you get to know them? Can you think back to when you first met them? Some of you young couples, you look at each other's eyes like, oh. Some of you uh, more mature, like wine couples, are looking at each other like, oh, wow, I can't remember where we met, love. But somewhere there, you sat with each other to get to know one another. That is where we want to start with God. God is actually, I found out, He actually taught me something. This is what I love about preaching. Um, you, you read the Word a lot differently than you do just at home. And, and I read lots of different people's um, what are they, co- commentaries, because I've, I've only been a Christian five years, um, for those who don't know. And uh, so I'm new, and I go to look at all these other rich Christians in the knowledge and wealth experience, and they taught me so much. So there's something that I learned today. Sitting, well, God is teaching us, and calling us to rest in Him. So as we're seated in Him, we are resting in Him. And in Him, we learn to sit before we learn to walk. 
We learn to sit before we learn to walk. Sitting is the attitude of rest. And that was God's principle from the beginning. You see, in the beginning, there was God. God created the heavens, the earth, the stars, the planets, uh, the animals. And then He created man on the sixth day, yeah? So He created all these things in six days. And on the seventh day, He he rested. Did He need to rest? Did He need to rest? No. He rested because He was actually showing us something. He was revealing something to us about the importance of rest. But this was something I learned. He created man on the sixth day. So on the seventh day was God's rest. But God's rest was on the seventh day. And the first day was man's first day. Man's first day was rest. So he created us first to rest then to work. But we don't do that in the world. Some of my mates work seven days a week. How many of us start our day in His rest? And you know when you do how much better the day is. I know personally, when I, I used to get impatient or angry at the kids. You know, my kids would say, Dad, have you prayed today? <laughs> no, you're right. Let's do that right now. Yeah? Lord, give us patience, you know? He has created us to rest in Him, then to work. Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 7 says, But because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms. He created us to be seated with Him in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness through Jesus. God made us to sit with Christ in the heavenly places and every Christian must begin his spiritual life from that place of rest. How many times do we sit with Him first instead of seeking Him last? I know in our lives and we were going through some stuff. My wife and I tried with my stuff, the, the chains that were around me, um, the dependency on drugs and alcohol. I said I wasn't gonna cry today. And I almost cried during Lauren's uh, testimony. I was like, ooh, you almost got me. We tried everything, psychologists, rehab, counsellors. Uh, when all that didn't work, she went to God and then took me to God and then God took it from me. But we went there last. You see, in our weakness, He is strong. But He wants us to come there first. First. How much time do we take to sit with Him first? Not only so we get to know Him better, but so He gets to know us better. You see, He already knows us. But what that teaches us is he now, we now know that He knows us by us sitting with Him first. When I originally wrote this sermon for the youth, I was sleeping uh, and God woke me up at like 4 a.m. and just downloaded a story. I was like, oh, I remember that. And I wrote this story. And it was a story about a, a somebody I knew close to me. And they went through a really bad divorce when they were young. Their parents went through a bad divorce. And so she didn't see her father for like 10 or 15 years. And then when she finally met her father again, I saw this awkward picture. And the picture of, of how the father loves us 
But when we don't sit with Him, we don't know Him, so we don't know how to respond to Him. It was an awkwardness that He wanted to just hug her and hold her, and she was a bit like, uh, uh. And it brought pain to my heart, like tears to my face. But that's how God sees us. He wants us to sit with Him. So we know Him. So we know how to respond to Him. You see, He's always there. It's not Him who turns from us. It's us who turn from Him, but He's always there anyway. So as soon as we turn back, boom, He's there. Whew. We know He's our Father. To her, He was a stranger. And I'm seeing that in especially the young people today. They don't even know who God is because they're not sitting with God. They're sitting with the world. And then they're listening to the world tell them who God is. But how can the world know who God is? Because the world doesn't sit with God. I, 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 the Holy Spirit put on me Israel Folau in the first session. And I felt like I'm going to tell you about that too. Israel Folau. He was like, oh, don't go there, Sam. Careful, son. Why did people get offended what Israel Folau said if they didn't believe in God anyway? Makes no sense, bro. Why are you so offended if you don't believe in God or hell? Why do you think you're gonna go to hell then? You're not gonna go to hell then shut up and let him speak. Because somewhere they think, what if it is true? That's why they get offended. That's why the truth hurts. And I said it in the first session, they didn't really get it. So hopefully the second session gets it. The truth hurts with a double T. Anybody got it yet? So T-R-U-T-H, flip those letters around, H-U-R-T-T. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Wendy, yeah, you got that, right? You're gonna take that down, Wendy. (laughs) You can use it, Snapchat it, Twitter it, whatever you wanna do with it. TikTok it, you like TikTok. (laughs) Earlier this week, I had a dream man woke me up and it was whispers telling me, who are you? You're not good enough. Look what you've done. Look what you still do. You're gonna get up and preach to the church, the word, you sure? And I woke up and I was like, what the heck? And it was like guilt, it was shame, it was just negative. But I knew it wasn't from God. I knew it wasn't from God because God doesn't give us a spirit of guilt, of shame. He gives us a spirit of It gives a spirit of love, sound mind. So I saw my brother Brian in the house of prayer of pain where we train our muscles, not just physically, mentally and spiritually. And I said, Brian, this is what happened, bro. He said, let's pray. Exactly. Church, that's what we need to do. When it's good, pray. When it's bad, pray. When it's good or bad, pray. We don't understand, I'm getting goosebumps. Ah, the power of prayer, like we, we underestimate it. But that's what we do and we speak over it. We need to hang around godly people. We pray together, we train together. It strengthens our physical and spiritual muscles. It is a muscle. Now I teach kids, right? I go to workshops, uh, go to schools and run workshops for kids. And one of the things I tell them is you will be a, the average of the five people you hang around the most. The five people you hang around the most. You look at who you hang around, I'll tell you what you do. My life, who I hung around, determined what I did. 
So you better make sure that Jesus is one of those five, if not all of them. He needs to be in your five. You need to be with Him daily. When I was growing up, I sat with many different people at school in particular, sporty kids, geeky kids, cool kids. I put them in inverted commas because they weren't really cool. Sorry, sorry, I love you. <clears throat> but they weren't, they thought they were because they were doing the cool things, right? Now I used to go in the back of the oval and I do those things. But then I used to go in the classroom and get A's and B's. And then I used to go to the oval and play sports. So whoever I was with determined what I did. It became a part of my identity. All I need to remember is who I was sitting with and I can tell you what I was doing. There was a battle going on with me, with good and evil. And I tried many times to defeat it, but it kept beating me. I didn't have Jesus then. You see, verse eight says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. So He still needs us there. He still needs us to to do our part. When you believed, you were saved by grace. And you can't take the credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward so that no one can boast. When I was saved and the shackles were broken and people saw this in me, they said, wow, Sam's changed, Sam's changed. People come up to me all the time, bro, how'd you stop this? How'd you stop that? I said, hey, it wasn't me, man. It was God. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But how did you, what did, it wasn't me, bro. It was God. They couldn't, that, that, but what did you do? It wasn't me, it was God. I had to give it over to God. The glory was to Him, it wasn't me. In Acts, they pray for boldness, not for the persecution to stop. They pray for boldness, boldness in the face of temptation, boldness in the face of the enemy, boldness in the face of persecution. Guess what, church? It's starting. I don't wanna get too political today, but you know, it's starting, man. Like you can't sing. If I had a football here, could we sing? Come on, man. (laughs) You know it. We all need to start to develop an appetite for God's Word, for God's voice. How do we recognise God's voice if we're not sitting with Him? How do we know to be led by the Spirit if we don't take a posture of obedience? Like Samuel in the book of Samuel, right? He's sitting there, he hears, Samuel, yeah. Goes to Eli, was that you? No, it wasn't me. Huh, goes back to bed. Samuel, yeah. Eli goes, oh, I think it's God. Next time, reply to him, say, yes, I'm listening. I'm your faithful servant. What do you want? What do you want to say to me? And then he tells him, and he tells him some negative things about Eli's family that he's gonna do. How many of you would hear that and then go, hey, uh, Eli, uh, God said he's gonna do this, this, and that. Most of us go, oh, yeah, I'm not saying that. Oh, no, God said it was all good, Eli. That's what we do. That's what the world is that we live in because we don't have the courage and the boldness to step out in faith. What Mark said and what Mark did, and he went on a sabbatical and heard from God, he said, that takes courage, that's boldness. These young ladies stepping out and going, hey, this is who I was, this is what the world's telling me I am, that's not who I am in the God's creation, this is what I declare over my life. That's boldness, that's courage. And we need to see more of that, and guess where it starts? Here. Like I said in my last preach, it can't be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It can't be like that. And by the way, I raise hands. And I told you in the first sermon to raise your hands. And then uh, 
just in case somebody said to me, oh, you know, we don't actually have to lift hands in praise and worship. <clears throat> Let me bring you to a couple of chapters. Because <laughs> some of you, like my, I'm going to chuck my wife under the bus a little bit. And she's like, babe, not everyone's like you, extroverted, just put your hands up in the air. I say, oh, okay, so you're not comfortable doing that. God, I forgot God called you for a life of comfort. <laughs> what was I thinking? Of course he wants you to be comfortable. Do you know that you cannot learn or grow and stay comfortable at the same time? That's why God put everything you want outside your comfort zone. And if your comfort zone is just, oh, then good, do that. Because if we can't sing and he's looking at us from a, from a drone perspective, what's he seeing then? You see what I'm saying? My favourite posture is this one. It used to be for the police. What you don't realise is that is a posture of? Exactly. If I surrender to the police, you think I'm not going to surrender to God? You understand? Okay. That's where it's at, mate. Then he looks down and he just sees hands raised. Timothy 1, 2 to 8, I desire that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands. Psalm 63, I think that was, yeah. Uh, so I will bless you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. Uh, lamentations, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Lift up our hands, church. My Muslim brothers and sisters, they pray five times a day. They're spending time with God five times a day. First thing at sunrise. How many of us are up at sunrise spending time with the Lord? When we have the truth, the way and the life, or you claim you do. And that's not a religious thing. It's I want to, I get to spend time with the creator of the universe. I'm gonna get up at sunrise. At that time, it's, it's like nothing else. There's a peace in that sunrise. There's nothing else around, it's you and the Lord. Five times a day. Young people today are spending 40 hours a week on their mobile phones. How many hours a week is that in the Word or in His presence? They're in the world 40 hours a week. We complain about lots of things and some of it is the disease. Disease, disease, disease. Disease is dis-ease. And who is the one that can put you at ease? Thank you. Jesus. We go to doctor. And that was Dr. Brian. Look at that. Doctor, right on cue. I said, we spend much, when we want to spend time with the ultimate doctor who puts us at ease, it's not Dr. Brian, although he's a fantastic doctor. It is Jesus. And when you get medication, it says to take it three times a day with food. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on the Word of God. He's giving us the medicine and the food. Yeah, you want to take it once a week on a Sunday. Yeah, you laughed, Exactly. That's not how it works. We need a posture of obedience, church. The posture of obedient hearts that says, I resolve in advance to, to do whatever you tell me to do. Some of you go, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. So God, oh, oh, can I, not, not that though. Is there something else I can do? I resolve in advance to follow your leading even when I don't understand it. So when Dave told me I couldn't sing, I was like, fiery man. I said, Dave, I'm singing, bro. 
Look, I love you, man, but you can't tell me I can't sing. I'm a grown man. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm the, I resolve in advance to walk on water when I hear you say, come, just like Peter. And we can laugh at Peter. Peter, Jesus was on the water calling you and then you drowned. How did you? Why is he calling us and what aren't we walking on? Where aren't we walking that he's calling us? Second one is walk by him. Ephesians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He already prepared it. We just need to walk in it. And we walk in it after we sit with him. Because then we know his ways and his goodness for us. So then we can walk in him, in his ways. It's not our ways. People like walking, they're like, where is he? No, no, you have to follow him. He's not following you. This is what the world is. Oh, yeah, it's my way, Jesus. Come, we've got to go this way. He's always there, don't forget. People are worried and confused. People are confused about who they are today. Identities getting smashed. Do you think this is not from the enemy, people? Are you serious? We've got to wake up. It's from the enemy. They're attacking identity. People don't know who they are because they don't know whose they are. When you know whose you are, you know who you are. And you only know whose you are when you spend time with Him. It's like before John Adams' son, Benjamin, he was down here, right? He was crawling over. He sort of grabbed my hand. He looked up. He saw a beard. He's like, oh, my dad. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can't see the different shades of brown. I don't know. But I was like, hey. And, he was really, and then he was like, look at that beard. Like, dad? And he was like, oh, snap. That ain't my dad. Because he's, <laughs> and he found his dad. He's like, hey, who the heck's that guy then? See, when he sits with the original long enough, he understands who the replica is. We don't sit with the original long enough. And yet we let the world tell us who the Father is, who God is. They don't know, man. Yeah. Verse 13 says, But now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. By the blood of Christ. You can't profess the blood of, of the Lamb over us unless we know what the blood of the Lamb does for us. The life of Jesus has been given to us through His blood. The blood has made us holy. The blood intercedes for us to the Father in heaven. And the only way we can overcome the fear is through the Holy Spirit and letting Him in to transform our life. And verse 19 says, You are no longer strangers and followers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You're, you're followers with the saints. Chapter 3, 17 says, That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, you being rooted and grounded in love. Mate, Ephesians was so full of gold, right? Like most of the word is. Chapter four goes, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of calling to which you have been called. You've already been called to the walk. You've just got to step out in faith. Step out of your comfort zone. 
and into what He has planned for you with humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He goes on, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futilities of their minds. No longer walk with them. We love them. But when I was saved five years ago, do you think I went back to all my old mates and started kicking it with them again? No, I couldn't. Until I was strong in my faith to be able to go there and lend a hand. Till I was strong in my faith to stand up against the enemy and his temptations with that group of people. The group of people I hang with today and I spend morning after morning and after, if you told me six years ago I was gonna be there, I would laugh. If you see my playlist today on Spotify, oh my gosh, it's so funny. When my brother comes over for Christmas and I play music, he looks at me like, who are you, bro? What is this music? Because it's by the Holy Spirit. I used to I used to be gangster rap, man. That's all I listened to. I thought I was a gangster. Band, like, I wish I put photos up, like to just show you. You know, long plaits and bandanas, like baggy pants and Mac boots, like, because that's who I was hanging. Peter Andre, yeah, but just gangster. All right. <laughs> Some of the young people are like, who's Peter Andre? I don't even know. Go- don't even Google him. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> The more I would sit with him, the more I would know his voice. I sat with him, I sat with him, I sat with him. He just saved me, something I'd been on 15 years. He took it from me. You think I wasn't gonna give him everything? And the more I sat with him, the more I heard a voice, the more he spoke to me. And he spoke to me clearly one day when I was praying. I said, Lord, I love what you've done in my life. Thank you so much. But you know, this whole heaven and hell stuff, not really real. That morning, I went to ride to meet with a mentor of mine. And I heard God, this is the first time I heard His voice. He said, catch the bus. I was like, what? Then He said it again, catch the bus. Okay, so I put my bike back, jumped on the bus, went to Norwood, ate breakfast with this guy, left. As I was going to leave, the bus stops across the road. He says, walk. Now I've already heard His voice. So I don't need to question it the second time. I said, no worries, I'll start walking. Then He says, here. I looked over, there was a bus stop. I didn't know if that bus stop even had my bus at it. So I sat there. One minute went past, not even. And a guy hobbled over, a Fijian dude, Afro, brown brother like myself, sat down next to me on crutches. I said, oh, bro, sorry to see that, man. What's happened? Where you been? He said, I got hit and run by a car. They left me for dead. I was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, bro. He said, it's okay, brother, because it's real. What? What's this guy talking about? So I said, I'm sorry, man, but what'd you say? He looked at me, he said, God showed me heaven and it's real. That's how God wants to speak to you. He puts somebody at a bus stop where I should have been riding a bike, not even on the bus. And he speaks through somebody else. And time and time again, he's done that. That's how he speaks to you. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once in the darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. You need to be led by God's Spirit and you'll be living a righteous life. That does not mean perfect. Okay, it does not mean perfect. You've just got to make the right decisions with His Spirit, take the right steps with His leading and you will make the right call. 
Because when God is near, we lose our fear. You like that one? That's good, I know. Let's repeat that all together. When God is near, we lose our fear. So why wouldn't I always be near Him? God's presence is our protection. We need to trust in the Lord for the protection. It says it in Psalm. Trust in the Lord for the protection. Not in ourselves. In, in verse 15, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, for all of you non oldeth English speakers, it means carefully. Walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, the days are evil. They're not even hiding it anymore. You don't even need to look far and you see the attack on their children, identity. Like this is where it starts. Openly now. Listen to some of the music. Openly now, worshiping the enemy. Openly. They built a statue in America, Massus Bephemus or whatever his name is. Openly. The days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You see, you don't understand the will of the Lord when you don't sit with Him. When you align with God, He promotes you. When you align with Him, He promotes you. As you are led by His Spirit, He secures your place in His presence. And like Psalm 91 says, right? For he who dwells in the shelter of the Lord will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. But you've got to dwell in His house first. That doesn't mean five minute microwave in my house. Dwell in his house. So perhaps it's time to check whose house we are in. Perhaps it's time to check whose shepherd is our shepherd and how close we are to him. Because the foundation for hearing from God belongs to him. And you will know who you are when you know whose you are because your identity will determine your behaviour. Uh, my friend Shane, right, he's big in the Word, he loves it. He's, he goes on a Friday night and evangelises. He was saved and now he raises his children. They play worship and they go to the city and they pray, pray over people and they speak words of life over people. The other night at youth leader ministry training, we got to speak words over each other. It was so cool. It was like stepping out in faith because the more you do that, the better you become at it the more confident you get. You cannot gain confidence without competence and you can't get competent without doing. You can't learn to ride a bike without riding a bike. <laughs> Surprise. Damn it. You see, you have to. And so this guy, right, he's driving in his car. He's an he's a ex-gangster, sort of Italian dude, big black statesman. And he's driving along the, car, the road and uh, God says, pull over. He says, yep. Not even, didn't even question it. Just said, no worries, pulls over. What do you want, Lord? Speak to me. Lord said, okay, there's gonna be a guy that's gonna cross your path. You're gonna go out and tell him, I gave him a second chance. What is he doing with it? He said, no worries. He sat there. Not even five minutes later, a guy walks across the road. My man Shane goes, that must be the guy. So he just got it, hey buddy. And the guy, and by the way, this is in the northern suburbs. <laughs> Not in the comfort of the Adelaide Hills. You'd be like, yes, sir, yes. Northern suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> this is northern suburbs. You'd be like, what's up, bro? What? He goes, oh, no, I need to speak to you. So he sort of came over a bit weary. 
And he said, listen, man, uh, I don't know what this means to you, but God just told me the next guy that was going to cross my path, I need to tell him he gave you a second chance. What are you doing with it? This guy starts crying. He's like, bro, you don't understand. Lifts up his shirt. He got stabbed last week. He died on the operating table. They brought him back to life. (laughs) That shouldn't be a, a single moment, a single experience. We should all be able to do that. Yes or no? That's not just for the apostles. That's not just for the old church. Because if it was, nobody would be doing it today. But I know heaps of people doing it today. Then why can't we? So that is about walking with the Lord. I keep saying it. The best sailors are not made on smooth seas. They're not. Tim Crow and his family, they jumped on a sailboat and crossed the oceans. He didn't even know how to sail before that. He goes, now I do. Now I can sail any ocean, Sam, anytime. Come on, man. Getting goosebumps. Look, that's how good that is. Yeah, we want to step out in faith. We're walking and then we're shocked when we don't see the Lord because we're not stepping and walking in His ways. When we sit with Him to walk in His ways, we stand in Him against the enemy. So the third part is standing in Him. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against spiritual hosts of wickedness. That's why the Apostle Paul encourages us to put on the whole armour of God. <clears throat> and I made a joke in the first one, but there was no mask in the armour when I was trying to read it. I couldn't. <clears throat> the first one against the vials of the devil, the whole armour, because if there's a kink in your armour, he gets in. So we need to put on the whole armour and it starts with what's the first thing? Some of you haven't read Ephesians, clearly. What's the first part of the armour? It's the belt. It's the belt of truth. That holds up everything. It's two parts. The truth is the belt that holds other pieces in the armour. The truth shall make you free. The truth in the, in the Bible, the love of God, the salvation through Jesus, the second coming, forgiveness of sin, grace and power to live for Jesus. These truths set us free from Satan's grips. So we need to step into these truths every day because otherwise Satan will make you believe it's not true. He's a deceiver, remember? The second way the truth serves as a belt is holding the full armour together as a commitment to your personal truth. I coach kids all the time. I say, listen, man, you need to say what you do and then do what you say. Because when you don't, your brain remembers. My daughter, when I did this 30-day challenge, I was training twice a day. And one day we got home real late, like almost midnight. And I said, oh, I haven't done my second workout. And my daughter said to me, that's right, Dad, nobody knows. I said, well, actually now three people know. Me, you, and God. <laughs> I don't do things for others. I do things for me. So I know. I can, you can lie all you want, man. The truth hurts for a reason. Lies are comfortable. The truth is not. Why? Because that's how you grow. You can lie to yourself all you want, but you ain't gonna grow there. Don't expect a fruit from lies. You won't get it. Okay? So the second one is the breastplate of righteousness. Keep your heart shielded because all the other vital organs are there. With all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. They they spring from your heart. God wants your heart. The enemy wants to attack your heart because that's where he plants the seeds and that's where everything comes from. So we need to put the breastplate of righteousness on. Second, 
The righteousness is not made up of the good deeds you do. It's not about what we do. It's about what He's done. It's not about what we do. It's about what He has done. It is Christ's righteousness, not our own, that covers and protects us. So number three are the shoes of the gospel, the shoes of peace. Just as the soldiers put on shoes to march out, we need to put on the gospel shoes to march wherever the Lord leads. By the way, my boy Mitch said to me, Sam, remember, you put on armour not to stay home and play video games. You put on armour to go to war. So that's what's he telling us. We're in a war, man. We're in a battle. I know you're comfortable up in the hills, you're chilling. I get it. You're comfy Christians, you. But there's a world out there that's being persecuted and we're starting to see it already. We're only getting this much. Oh, you can't sing. The reason why a lot of the persecuted church can't sing is because they will die if they hear them. What's the worst that's gonna happen to me? I'll get fined. I'll be fine. My missus won't like that. I said, find me, brother, I don't care. I'm not gonna die. We need to try to, when Satan puts the obstacles in our path, we need Jesus' strength to walk forward and walk through it, not walk around it. Remember like in Daniel, he didn't take him around the fire, he took him through it. Band, you can come up please. <laughs> All the mess in my life has become my message. He takes whatever the enemy uses for evil and he turns it to good. God wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. It's like the young girl, she's worried about what she, people thought and what she'd done. He wastes nothing. He now uses it as a testimony. The tests become your testimony. The mess becomes your message. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's all him, not me, not me. It's all him. This is the crazy part. All right, number four is the faith, the shield of faith. The shield of faith, which above all will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. When Satan attacks with doubt, shield it. When temptations come, shield it. It's so good, isn't it? He's given us the tools. We are able to withstand all the fiery darts that the enemy throws at us because we know whom we believed in. Now I know church, you believe in God, but do you believe God? Ooh. You believe in Him. Oh, I believe in God. I believe in God. But do you believe God? Faith is not something that comes from within us. It's God's gift to us. And He gives us a measure of faith. Of faith. And as we walk with Him, that faith grows. We sit with Him. We learn the Word. But the faith only grows when we walk with Him and then we develop it to become a shield. We know how to use the shield when we go to battle. You can practice at home all you want, but unless you step out into the battlefield, that's when you're gonna learn how to use it. The crazy part is we sit with Him, we hear the Word. That brings the faith. But when we walk with Him and face the battles, that's where the faith grows. This was Paul's experience, man. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but He who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. I live by faith. The helmet of salvation, this protects the head, the most vital part of the uh, body. Where the thoughts in your mind, 
We know we have salvation. Then we allow it to sink into our hearts and we will never be moved by Satan's deception. When we're certain that we're in Christ and our sins are forgiven, we are certain they're wiped clean daily. We will have a peace that nothing can disturb. So church, are you certain of your salvation? Can you be sure? How? Because He says it. He says it. The, la- the sixth one is my favourite, the sword. The sword of the Spirit. It's the only weapon of offence in the whole armour. Uh, Ephesians 6, 17. God's wo- or Hebrews 4 says, God's Word is described as a living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. God's Word, G-O-D-S-W-A-O-R-D, God's Word becomes God's sword. I know, it's good, isn't it? There's so much more, I just can't do it in 40 minutes. The sword protects us and destroys the enemies. Man, His Word is a light to our path, man. Number seven, it's not a part of the armour, but, but Paul says it at the end in his prayer. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, even when you are clothed with the armour of God, you must pray. When we go to Kairos and we've got the, the prayer vigil praying 24 hours for the whole time we're in there, that is so powerful. You underestimate that power. You take a little 30 minute slot, man, but it's so much bigger than that. There's a protection over that whole ministry when you guys are praying. So when you say, I'll pray for you, don't just say, I'll pray for you. Get on your knees right then and pray. It's not just a thing we just throw out, oh yeah, I'll pray for you, sister. Yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you. Look, get on the knees and pray. When you stumble, stumble toward Him. When you fall, fall to your knees. That's where power comes. It comes in His Word. It comes when we sit with Him, when we're not afraid and we step out in faith. The women have been praying strongly for so long and Tim Crow had it on his heart for the men to stand up and start praying. We gotta be pray, prayer warriors, not prayer warriors. Warriors, that's who wears the armour. And how do we put it all together? It's easy. We put on the Lord of Jesus every day. When we give ourselves to Him, we put on His righteousness. We are clothed in everything He is in the whole armour of God. When we feel weak, when we give in a temptation, when we can't overcome things, when we feel discouraged, when we feel anxious, we face all these moments together with Him. In Him we are strong. It is in our weakness that He is strong. We need to know how to stand God how to stand with God against the enemy. Use your time with the Lord, not passively, church, purposefully, purposely. Understand it is for a purpose. Our mission here is to belong, to believe, to become, then to build. We need to first belong, to ultimately to build. It's always about the build. He's declared that to us. We must know how to sit in Christ in heavenly places. Then we'll know how to walk with Him down here so we can stand against the enemy. It's time, church. It's time that we know His ways. It's time that we step out in faith. It's time that we hear His voice. It's time that we stop just sitting and start doing. The rest is in His strength.
Let's pray. Lord, you are the shepherd. We give you our full, we give you full control. We wanna be faithful servants, listening to your word, hearing your voice and stepping out in faith. Wherever you lead, we will go. We won't be quiet unless you ask us to be quiet. We won't be loud unless you ask us to be loud. Sometimes we won't even sing unless you ask us to sing. But know that we do it for you, for no one else, Lord. In Jesus' Name, Amen. You've been listening to a sermon from Hills Baptist Church. To find out more or to hear other great content, find us at hillsbaptist.com or on your podcast app.